You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL at Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and my loyal co-host, Graham Trainer. How's it going, partner? Well, let me go ahead and just and just oh man, you gotta stop that partner stuff. I'm kind of I'm tweaking a little bit. I'm not doing the Audi just to be done, you know, not too over the not too over the top. Right, right. But what you're gonna start hearing in your background. Graham will explain afterwards. Mm. Oh, since, since we're out. Uh, nope, nope. Oh, hold on, Graham. Nope, nope. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Of course, as um, all, the, all the listeners out there know, that is the conclusive song to Return of the Jedi when the Empire has been slain. Yes. And Massey to dish the rock over to Massey. He has something he wants to share, something he predicted, like the prophet yes. and the medium he is. Don't keep the people guessing. Ding dong. The witch is dead. Coach K is reti- announces his retirement as heard here first on T-Town Sports Talk. I can't name my sources besides my own gut. And I was like, Coach K will retire. He announced it. Today? Yesterday? It's Wednesday. He announced it today. We time travel a little bit forward on Fridays. But today, Coach K re- announces retirement. Thank you. Thank you. Not everybody at once. I think they're going to throw a parade here in Jackson. And you had a cousin, you have a cousin in town to, to celebrate with you? Is that that's why we're doing this on Wednesday? Yes. Well, no. He, well, he's a brother from another mother. No, his name's Will Johnson. He'll be out here uh, tomorrow. And just driving all the way out here to come help me celebrate as a UNC fan. Oh, UNC fan. Well, this is, this is perfect. I think this is like a, you know, it's a union of two, two different families of, of fan of, of fans fandom in the ACC. Yes. Coming against so it's kind of like when the Ewoks, yeah, it's like the Ewoks and the, and the, the group of Luke and Han and all them kind of gathering at the end and Lando Calrissian getting high out of his mind. Well, yeah, I forget. I forget the details and all that, but um, that's okay. I don't like. I called it. I don't know how else to say that. Besides, boom, there you go. You should have never doubted me. All our hot yeah. takes turn out to be fact and accurate. So we've been we started the Friday headline guessing game uh, about six weeks ago, and I think you've used it six consecutive weeks. So now we know the formula. You just got to keep pushing it. You have to manifest push- it. It'll come true. But in all seriousness, let's talk the reasons why. I did not watch Coach K's I'm retiring. Uh, did he have a presser? I think he had an announcement. Okay. But um, I think Coach K, one, he's old. People forget that because he dyes his hair. Right, exactly. Yeah, the dyeing the hair really throws you off because you can kind of look at the you know, top of his head and you'd be like, is that guy in his early 50s? Yeah. He's got he's got not not bad flow for for being an eighty year old man or however old. It's not old it's not a toupee, is it? Is or we we kind of skipped over that. It's not a toupee. Right? No, he's got he shows a little bald spot, so it's up okay. there. So you know it's real. I will right. say this: I just don't think he wants to play the new basketball game game, meaning recruiting from the transfer portal instead of recruiting from like the McDonald's All American like top fifty list. 
yeah. and, and losing guys to the like to the G League and and all that all that other stuff that can happen these days too. And he's changed it once. He went from developing guys to the one and dones, and then it's changed even more with the transfer portal. And I think he's just saying, you know what? I don't want to do this change. I don't want to put forth the effort to do it. And after a successful stint at Duke, where he's frustratingly good and eh, successful. Yeah, yeah. You know, on whatever standards, like Pretty the cool. most winningest basketball coach in D one history, but what sort of accolade is that? But how many, how many uh, tournaments did he not win that he was uh, one seed or he was the favorite? Yeah. Duke just the- saying a lot. Think about that. Yeah. Let's put that on his legacy. Thank you. Um, what's going to be great is that anybody that was a Duke fan because of their success and because they were on TV now has a gut check. It's like, are you going to be a, a true fan and stick with it when mediocrity looms on the horizon? This is imminent. Will you follow John Shire into the darkness? Can we? Do you know anything about John Shire, an old player? I That's think he, all I heard. Last time I saw John Shire, when I saw his name come come up today, I thought it was like it was like Coach K's golfing buddy, who's John, who was John Shire's dad, because it said Shire will uh, follow him at Duke. I thought Shire was still floating around the ninth or tenth seat on a bench somewhere. Cause last time I saw him, he was playing for the thunder. And I mean, that could have been, that was probably like 10 years ago, but my brain thinks it was like two months ago. Right. So yeah, I think that I'm guessing he was Duke's assistant coach and he'd been, he is kind of, uh, and has hanging. been, yeah, he'd been hanging on the sidelines for a couple of years. And I just hadn't noticed cause I don't generally want to watch Duke play basketball. Yeah. And so that being said, so UNC and Duke both have now former players that are coaches or and and former assistants now that are head coaches, and I I just don't believe in them because I don't want to. Is that fair? And so I just yeah, don't, you don't. I, I think they're going to get like two or three years, and UNC might have to blow it all up, and Duke might have to blow it all up, which is wild to think about. It's wild. It's it's going to be wild to think about Duke not being in the top ten for an extended period of time. That happened last year with Coach K too. That's because yeah, he refused wonder, to play. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how much like this could. I feel like UNC is going to take the bigger hit. I feel like Duke and Shire, he might play the game correctly because he's he's in with the young crowd. He kind of know he might know how to how to uh, work the transfer portal and talk kids out of going straight to the G leagues, like the minor league system in the NBA. But I mean, who knows? It, it, it remains to be seen. All I want to know is one day, let's say it's 2048. Is it Mamadi Diakite? Is he taking over Tony? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it just because of his recent memories. But that being said, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about John Shire, so I'm not going to speculate on him. I don't know anything about UNC's coach that I can't even recall off the top of my head. So I'll maybe stop speculating on them. But this is going to be hard. This is a hard league, and it just got a little bit easier, and that kind of excites me. Yeah, the ACC Jim Beheim can't be that far behind. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next person to announce this next season's his last. But he might just coach until he dies on the court. Or, you know, or or maybe oh, – no, I wasn't going to say that. But maybe, you know, he's got some car trouble. He gets out of, <laughs> he gets out of his car and is like, whoa, did I hit something? Man, my grill's all messed up. <laughs> is uh, that blood? Is that, must be from the deer. Whose blood is that? 
I mean, what blood is that? Um, <laughs> anyway, that was dark, but but Jim, um, everybody's looking at Beheim because he announced his retirement five years ago. I thought he was going to be the first to go, and he's still standing after Roy and Coach K's retired. Maybe he's like, you know what? My son's out of here. You know, I'm done. I have no more no more coaches' sons to recruits. Yeah, and it kind of puts it puts. We, I mean, Tony's played the game of Thrones. Now he's the he's the last man's uh, going to be sitting on on the throne. He'll have, you know, Vince and Bayheim retires. He'll be the like the lone wolf with the NCAA championship in the ACC, one ring on his finger. Everybody else is kind of looking up at him. I like it. It also makes yeah. me nervous, but I like it. Um, it does. Let's do the huddle. Let's huddle up. Yeah, I also wanted to shout. I mean, it was probably one of your. Um, yeah, we'll go for it. I think it's probably going to be one of your one of our good newses. Well, yes, it is. So I I have a couple of backups depending on what you say, but uh, um, and that is NBA playoff related. But the good, uh, excuse me, the huddle is the good news of the week. The critical number, something you were stuck on. Your quote slash question of the week. There's four segments of this larger uh, segment, I guess. Your good news of the week, trainer. Uh, mine is actually, um, I pivoted. I thought you would go with the the obvious one, but mine is confirmation bias. Of all the tomfoolery and shenanigans going on amongst fans in the NBA, yes. let's, look, let's look at the list here. New York Knicks fan spits on a player. Philadelphia 76ers fan storms the court. Boston Celtics fan throws water bottle. I mean, I don't want to, you know, really just like say exactly what I want to say, but I mean, you know, New York, Philadelphia, and Boston fans are the are the culprits here. Shocking, I know. Shocking. Do you remember when the Philadelphia fans fought Mike Scott in the parking lot for wearing a uh, football team jersey? I'll never forget. That was ridiculous. So, I mean, I don't understand where these people think they can just act like hooligans, but maybe. It's because we just haven't been let out of our cage in a while. It's true. It's true. I think that's what's going on here. They also, Philadelphia fans, they were kind of ahead of this, actually. They actually booed Ja Rule in a halftime performance a long time ago in a playoff game. I don't know if you remember this. No, I don't. Oh, it's a great time. But it was it was, it was ahead of the fire Festival. I think, you know, I'll give them a little credit on that one. But, yeah, not a good look for these, for these, fran- for these franchise uh, fan bases. And it, it is – you know, like, are we having a moment or have we always done this? Have we done this in like little episodes and we forget how to act as fans? Or is this, this isn't the normal and we're just haven't seen fans in a while. This is a new episode of fandom of like, hey, we haven't gotten drunk in public in a long time and things are getting a little out of hand and it'll revert back to the mean. Yeah. We went over this a little bit last week after Kyrie had mentioned they're treating it like a zoo after we talked about the comparisons between this and Yellowstone this summer. Right. But so, um, so I'll go my good news of the week is there's a couple of great, great memes or clips or whatever it is coming out of the NBA. And one happened tonight when Trey young hit the dagger three to put the Knicks out of the playoffs and took a bow in the middle of Madison square gardens. I think he earned that. I loved it. Playing the villain. Love it. And then on the other one, did you I'm not sure if you saw stayed up for this, but Damian Lillard had a chance in the in the second overtime. I forget to either win it or to tie it to send it to a third after hitting a 
NBA record number of 12 threes in a playoff game, forcing OT and then a second OT. He just raised his hands and, and just absolute, I don't know, did you call it pure emotion? He just goes, thank God. Like this guy cannot miss. And thank you for missing the last shot because I've had enough of this. And it speaks to Damian Lillard and how guarding him is such a challenge. Austin Rivers is a pretty good defender. Yeah, I will give him. I'll give him credit for that. I mean, they really. God, yeah, the, the the Portland, yeah, the Trailblazers game. I couldn't find it, so I didn't get to watch it because uh, I was I was watching the Suns Lake Suns Lakers game, which Suns Lakers game, which was over after the first five minutes. But right. I wanted to switch over to that one, but I couldn't find it, so I just kept watching, keeping up with the score. I went to third overtime. And the Blazers, McCollum and company, really let him down. So Portland, unfortunately, fell and now is uh, down 3-2. Nuggets and Joker can put them away in game uh, six. It's And that's an interesting series. That's The Nuggets are without their best player, and which is kind of an overall theme. I don't know if I want to steal anything from the NBA playoffs, but we'll go ahead and talk about it now. But it just seems like injury – is going to dictate a lot of these teams' outcome, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's uh, an unfortunate big part of my stock. Okay, so let's uh, let's just move on to my critical number because it kind of dovetails nicely. Five minutes and 46 seconds. Oh, um, that is – go as ahead. Early as, the, as early as the Lakers game was over. Go for it. Uh, that is – that is pretty close, but that is the amount of time left in the fourth quarter when LeBron James went ahead and walked off the walked out of the arena or walked out of the off the floor and into the locker room. Did he walk back to LA? He he might still be walking. I mean the drama the drama like value he brings to his losses and or him exiting the playoffs or anything where you know he does not end up with a ring and one step closer to Michael Jordan he will use as a jumping off point to be as dramatic as possible, obviously. So I wouldn't have been surprised if he did, you know, walk back to LA just to like prove a point. It's so funny. He, he, LeBron James's personality is so weird, but somehow his actions always end him up in the spotlight. There's always the press conference <laughs> is always LeBron James. Oh, I got poked in the eye. I'm going to be down on the floor for 80 seconds. Oh, Chris Paul blocked me out kind of hard and basically tore my arm off. So I'm going to fall, collapse once, get up. There was a scuffle. I'm going to go over to the scuffle, and then I'm going to collapse where the scuffle happened, and then I'm going to get off the court, and when someone's going to rub my shoulder a little bit, and then I'm going to get back in the game. He is always thinking about the opening trailer of the DVD. I think that's what he's thinking about. He's like, oh, this is the opening trailer of the championship DVD series. <laughs> and for, for DVDs out there, that's uh, what we did before we streamed. Oh, right. I don't know what you call it now. Netflix special. Yeah, Netflix special. Yeah, he wants to. He's he's developing content for his last dance equivalent in twenty years. Exactly. Um, your critical number of the week. Uh, minus forty three. Uh, nothing. That is an impressive number. I hate to. I hate to. You know, this is a not Duke or not Duke basketball level, but Florida State. They've had forty three straight College World Series appearances in the playoff. And thought that was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty polarizing. Wait a minute. Florida State baseball has had 40. Wait, 
You mean they made it? They didn't make it to Omaha because that's the final four, right? No, but they made 43 straight playoff appearances, which is still a pretty, pretty big number in itself. 43 is, I'm not even 43. That is, that's from the seventies. That's how far back that goes. That is that. Okay. Good. Good. That is, Hey, let the, bring the fans into the fold here. No idea. Keep an eye out on floors. They made it this year. Yeah, I wanted to sneak college baseball into the mix here, and eight ACC teams made it, including UVA. So we can we can uh, finish off that tie bow on it with UVA making making the field, and they're playing uh, Sarah, uh, they're playing South Carolina. Uh, they have Old Dominion and Jacksonville in their little region. So we'll we'll see we'll see the, where the Hoos can go. But yeah, I just thought I had to give them some love for 43 straight. I mean, yeah, definitely doing doing keeping something going since the late 70s is pretty impressive. Even though, like you said, they didn't make it to Omaha 43 straight times, but they made the field. Not the um. Also, it's worth mentioning that we won a national title. UVA won a national title in lacrosse. Just yeah. Side note: yeah. we're stuffing the case. We're stuffing this trophy case. Back to back champs. Something that you should just know. Right. 2019, uh, held on. UVA basketball couldn't make that happen. But I almost used 29-0 and 0 as my critical number. That's 29 UVA overall national championships in all sports and 0 for Virginia Tech. Bad news for Virginia Tech. One of their freshmen just got arrested for murder. Oh, yeah. Just not not a good look. Not, not a good, good look, look on, for your football team. Um, so give me something you're stuck on because I think we talked about a little bit earlier and we've talked about my stuck on earlier. So I'm going to have two quote slash questions, but give me your stuck on. Yeah. Mine is Luke, Luca's neck injuries. Clippers and Mavs are playing right now. Um, they're is, obviously, is Luca they're, playing? They're a little battle. Yeah. He's playing. He's, he's toughing it out, but right. they are in a battle right now. And you know, I'm stuck not knowing the outcome of the game. Don't really know what to say exactly. I don't want to like jinx it anymore than I already have. Last week I said it was over when they're up 2-0. I feel so good about that. But all overall NBA injuries in general are kind of derailing some teams that, yeah, it's not like I want to see the Sixers advance or the Lakers advance in particular. But, you know, Embiid being hurt, Anthony Davis being hurt, stinks. And then obviously like we're, we don't have Jamal Murray after he made a big uh, name for himself last year in the bubble right. for – the um also why aren't i remember rooting against kind of like the clippers in a way of being like hey can they piece this all together they're kind of the new fancy team on the block fresh new faces all the new uniform or old faces all the new uniforms which is now that i think about mimics kind of the nets a little bit you know all the new faces in the nets are they the ones to beat and last year it was kind of the clippers but the clippers just do not have yeah. my attention unless because Dallas is my second favorite team. I guess they now have my attention because they're losing to Dallas in the first round, and the storyline is there. If they don't make it out of the first round, then, you know, blow it all up. But there's still time in the second round for the Clippers where the conversation will be the exact same thing if they fail to make it out of the second round. But it's it's interesting for the Mavs to be in a similar situation only – only in the way that they face the Clippers again, and the storyline is the same. The Mavs have a chance to really disrupt the Clippers franchise. Yeah, we just gotta, you know, just gotta manifest it. So I need to say it six more times throughout yes. the show. It will happen. Um, give me your quote slash question of the week. 
Uh, mine was we're winning tonight. Oh no. I think I saw this, but I forgot who said it. This was a former coach K player, RJ Barrett. Ooh. Guaranteeing the Knicks victory this evening. Uh, didn't happen though. So, you know, yikes. And they did it in in the and they did it in Madison Square Garden, which is my favorite part. The Knicks celebrated the first playoff win, like they they haven't seen a successful team do anything in years, and that is in fact true. Yeah, that is true. 2013 it was a long time ago. It was one of our old AF moments of the week, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, it was not a. It was I guess it's one of those things where you overachieve, and then when you once you overachieve, and you you know kind of. Um, you have your regression regression moment, which is the Knicks, you know, ultimately losing their playoff first round matchup against the Hawks. Then, then everybody goes the opposite direction and feels really, really, really sorry for themselves. So, but should the Knicks fans be happy in their overachievement this year? Do they realize, are they that delusional where they think, Oh, we should have won that game or they realize like, Hey, we got the four. Is that right? They got the four seed. We Mm -hmm. are ahead of schedule. Of course, What's their coach's name? I forget his coach's name, but he he plays people all game long. Load management is not a thing for him, but I forget, he used to coach the Bulls. What's his name? Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, he will get the best out of your players for one or two years, maybe three. Yeah, he runs into the ground. So I mean, Knicks Knicks fans are obviously they get delusional. They probably lose this playoff matchup, and they think, oh, that's a bummer. But they probably, honestly, they look probably over to the West. They think, hmm. I wonder if the Clippers lose, they'll they'll want to at least trade one of their pieces. Maybe we can get Paul George or uh, Kawhi on this team to partner with Julius Randle, and then we have a super team going in next year. So they're going to start getting all delusional about what they can do over the summer right. when it comes to free agency and trade moves. And Paul George should be cheap. We talked about it last week, but Paul George should be fairly cheap these days, right? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what, it all depends on what happens these next couple couple weeks. For the Clippers, or next few days, hopefully. <laughs> so uh, let me give you my – I have a quote and a question this week. Um, the Hawks head coach, on on the difference between the Knicks and the Hawks game or series was, is, quote, the difference in the series for us was DeAndre Hunter. We didn't have him in the regular season, but he shut down Julius Randle all series, and when Derrick Rose got hot – he took he took care of him too. Oh, I like it. So Nate uh, McMillan speaking on that's awesome. And I've seen Ryan Rosillo say the same thing, and he is an NBA nut, almost guest of the show, friend of the podcast. Um, <laughs> Ryan Rosillo, he yeah. was talking about DeAndre Hunter and how significant the Atlanta Hawks defense, or the how significant the loss was for the Atlanta Hawks defense. DeAndre Hunter also, I think he had. 16 points, six rebounds, stuffed stuffed the stat line offensively, and and he just shut down players, and that's what you get out of our out of our man DeAndre Hunter. He is the 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 difference, and that makes me well, that makes me feel, that makes me feel good, nice and warm inside. Me too, me too. It's good uh, to see the kid, good to see the kids graduate and do something do something big in the NBA. It's a, it's a new era, as we've already uh, pointed out for UVA alums in the national basketball association where uh where are we in the are, do you have you done your quote slash question yeah mine was rj barrett's unfortunate claim to win oh right right so here's here's my question um and this goes out to society as a whole are we obsessed with nfl running back quads 
Oh yeah, I saw this. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, great mustache by the way. That's yes, kind of, that's been unnoticed because he was on the Bengals before, but now I think we're just obsessed with the Bucks in general, just with the Buccaneers because they have a kind of a super team situation with like all the talent they have. Obviously, they're the Super Bowl champions. They have Tom Brady, but I don't know if it's more about the Buccaneers running backs and their legs or more about the actual strength and quads because I mean they're not getting more close to the leg day look that the rock has these days or Dwayne Johnson, but they're right. impressive. So I, I have four more examples of, of pictures I've found under the title uh, NFL running back quads or quads for days or whatever the heck was trending, but it's AJ Dillon of green Bay quadzilla. They call they're calling them uh, Mike Davis of Atlanta has a great, great thirst trap picture of his quads. I did see those. And then Najee Harris, people are this one uh, episode of him running in shorts, one clip of him running in shorts, just beautiful quads on that man. And obviously, say quad Barkley, people are just obsessed with quads. I think we need to embrace this as a nation. I said too. Are quads the new beard? It might be. The quads are like the goatee of the uh, of the early nineties. Are they wearing shorter shorts these days? I mean, what, why are people are, are just cameras capturing better high definition images of their of their legs? I think it could be both. You know, I think they could be kind of focused in. They're like, hey, you know what the people want to see this off season? Quads. That's good. I mean, that's good for the for the Packers for one because they had um, your boy who was Speast Mode, and now they have Quadzilla. So AJ Dillon is taking over for. I'm like completely blanking on his name. Our guy who came out and ran Eddie Lacy, yeah, Eddie Lacy. Oh, don't you don't you put don't you put bad things on Eddie Lacy's on Eddie Lacy's name? I'm just going over old nicknames, old Green Bay Packer uh, running back greats nicknames. I think the quads were not an issue for Eddie Lacy. I think it's probably his uh, his weight, the belly, the belly. Um. I didn't know what else to bring up in this in this segment. We I got so excited about Coach K, I completely buried the fact that UVA won a national championship. That was awesome. Um, I mean, you got you got to take your bow like Trey Young. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And I actually had some people texting me, be like, "Didn't you say this uh, like like a couple of weeks ago?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, baby." Evie's Evie's uncle texted me about you being right. Spelled your name with an I E, but you know, either way, he's still a fan. <laughs> Sports fans, when we come back, we're talking NBA playoffs, a little tennis, tennis, and uh, the Celtics absolutely uh, imploding. So stay tuned. This is Teton Sports Talk here on 89.1 KHOL. Hey, you want to hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and my co-host, Graham Trainer. Oh, yo, Vic Road to retirement. Here we go. Oh, can you feel it? If you missed our last segment, Coach K announced his retirement. You heard it here first on Teton Sports Talk. Not the announcement of the retirement of the hot take that Coach K was, in fact, going to retire. Just, yeah, good on you for sticking sticking your guns. 
never wavering, not even like changing, not even a, not even a doubt in your mind, changing your Friday headline for six straight weeks. This puts a lot of pressure on my new Friday headline. I don't know what else sort of monumental news can be said on this show, such as Coach K retiring and A, getting it right and B, getting it timely right. Yeah, how do you follow this up? Last time this got followed up well was probably Aaron Rodgers taking over for Brett Favre. So can that happen to Massey's predictions? Uh, probably. I'm hot right now. I played the lotto. Here's some lotto numbers. 16, 54, 9, whoa, 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 3, whoa. 2, uh, 97. How many do I have to have? Five. Oh, that was it? Yeah. A combination okay. of those five. Sorry, I had, to, I had to reach behind me. Um, Let's get into it. If you if you missed our last segment, please download our podcast. Look at us. Look us up. Teton Sports Talk. Rate and review. Well, just give us five stars and give us give us your honest thoughts. But let's kick it to you, Graham, because there is some man versus drama out there, and I'd like the people need to know. Yeah, we can start. We can start right there. Packers. Uh, they're paying Robert Tanya, their uh, tight end, who kind of black, burst onto the scene, at least in the fantasy world last year. Yeah. And- viable weapon for Aaron Rodgers is this the move they're making to go towards revisiting I don't know making making good on their relationship can Matt LaFleur talk Aaron Rodgers into saying hey look you know like we're gonna do the best we can we can't really we can't promise you Julio but we're getting Robert Tanyan your favorite weapon besides Devontae Adams right and we're not gonna promote Jordan Love quite yet in the oh, meantime. you're so you're saying that they're kind of courting Aaron Rodgers and and, uh, and we're coaxing him in, be like, hey, remember when we told you that we would get you new weapons? Well, we just paid one of your weapons more money. Yeah, how he's about gonna, guys? He's gonna stick, we're gonna keep your guys happy. Uh, AJ Dillon's quads are huge; they're in the news. And yeah, he, you know he's a part of your backfield. So look at what you have around you. Just be happy with what you have, Aaron. I mean, love the one you're with. Love the one you're with. Yeah, Aaron. It's so funny. Like, also, also, I heard news of Danica Patrick. Patrick uh, did an interview or a podcast, and did not name the narcissist that she struggled mentally from suffering when she was dating. But it was pretty clear that she was pointing at Aaron Rodgers and calling him a narcissist, and that he might be have some have those tendencies, which kind of is playing itself out here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess it's uh, it's all coming it's all coming to fruition from what her experiences of, of the dating game with Aaron, which I thought I, did that lead to a that lead to a broken engagement or am I remembering that incorrectly? Broken home, who knows? Broken home for sure. So, are we? When do we announce Jordan Love? When you're at the Green Bay Packers, when do you start playing nice with Aaron Rodgers and then go over the top by announcing Jordan Love the starter? You mean throwing some competition at him, or uh, once Aaron Rodgers gets traded, you name Jordan Love the starter? Well, no, I think, well, I guess I'm wondering if Green Bay makes that next step and says, Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to play here anymore in an attempt to make him mad and be like, no, I'm playing. You know what? Like the Tom, the Tom Sawyer type treatment. Oh, you can't say I'm playing. I'm playing. That so kind of thing. Uh, a little reverse psychology. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, it can't make him any more prickly. You think he would like just straight up say I'm sitting out the year if they did that or do you think you would you know take it as oh no he isn't and this is my team and they're like yeah it's like rabbit season duck season and all of a sudden he's like yeah this is my team yeah, yeah I, I'm playing I'm, I'm gonna play I'm gonna play no I I think you're right I think more likely they make that move 
and they know in that office that if they say openly that Jordan Love is going to get the start, then Aaron Rodgers say, "Well, I'm sitting out." And yeah, will they have was, any? Will they have have to trade him at that point, or do they give him his buyout contract and he's a free agent? No, they got to trade him. They got to get something for him. Right, I, I I think so as well. I'm just wondering, like, if Aaron Rodgers announces a retirement, how much control of that contract Green Bay has anymore? Because Gronk got of his contract with with New England by retiring. I just wonder what it would take. I just I don't know those rules, honestly. So I'm asking you. The voiding of the contract? That's a good question. I'm pretty sure they would be on the books for nothing financially because nothing's guaranteed and in the NFL. Right. Uh, this isn't the NBA we're talking about here. And then next year, they would hold control over him. So I think no matter what, even if he wanted to reenter the league in 2022, I feel like he'd probably have to start with the Packers and they would have to work on the trade. But that's me not being able to research and dive into it deep enough yet. Okay, so what else you got, man versus drama? Uh, Celtics promote Brad Stevens after Danny Ainge is gone. Was he pushed out? Was this his own choice? Was he pulling Aaron Rodgers right now? Does he want to go elsewhere? Does he want to work in a different front office? But yeah, Celtics promote their head coach. And now the question is, who takes Brad Stevens' spot? And some names I've heard recently, which I think are great, Chauncey Billups, who right now is an assistant coach, bench coach for the Clippers. Okay. I think he's the next kind of big hire for that, get the next NBA point guard who deserves, I guess he was kind of a shooting guard, but next NBA former guard who knows the players and wants to be, uh, and he wants to try out the head coaching gig. And then there's Jason Kidd, obviously, who's still hanging out with the Lakers, and he may have an earlier summer than he had expected. And the wild card for me is my old boy, Jason Terry, the Jet, who is a former Celtic after his championship with the Mavs. I know he's coaching at Arizona for the Wildcats right now. Yeah. Uh, sort of assistant position, but would love to see that happen. Brad Stevens, well, Danny Ainge, let's start with Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge has some health problems. I'm not sure if it's Urban Meyer-style health problems, but has health problems. Um, he, You mean real ones? Yeah, he's got some heart condition. Um, yeah. That being said, it seemed like he wanted the Jazz job, but he couldn't convince the Jazz since they're doing – I mean, obviously the Jazz is doing very well right now. They're the number one seed yeah, in the hard. West. Yeah, it's hard mean, to see that. Yeah. It's hard to them like step down after they get the first seed in the West. But yeah, continue. Um, and what's even weirder is that Brad Stevens, a head coach, goes immediately into that position, which only seems like a band-aid to me, right? Because if you're Brad Stevens, the last three years have been a doozy. A, you had Kyrie Irving three years ago. That was hard to handle. And then you have the COVID year mixed in with the bubble. So you have COVID, you stop, you go play in the bubble and then they make the Eastern conference finals. Is that right? And then four, eight weeks later, they're playing another season. I think Brad Stevens is as a, is just fried. Yeah. He's definitely gotta be fried. I mean, they made yeah the Eastern conference finals three out of four years. They also have the Gordon Hayward situation where Hayward is like Brad Stevens, little brother. And then he had the, when he came back, Tatum and Brown played so well together. He had to, become like a fourth fiddle which he didn't like and then you think oh well they're getting rid of him then he goes to charlotte and plays well so you got gordon hayward playing well in charlotte you bring kimba walker in kimba walker turns into a shell of himself in one season so yeah it has been a trying time for brad stevens it's definitely an interesting jump 
because he's only 44 years old. He was already a young head coach when he got hired. He was probably, I mean, what would he, he'd been 37 when he got hired. So I think he's, I think he did seven years as the Celtics head coach. So it's pretty wild. He's kind of stepping away at a, at a time when usually head coaches <laughs> take a little longer, maybe into their fifties or sixties before they're moving into the front office. Uh, yeah, that is that is the most shocking part, and just to think that Brad Stevens was one uh, rimmed out hail, you know, throw up three away from winning a national championship, and he's ridden that for a long time to the Celtics front office. Good for him, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, he took his moment and he seized it, and now look at him. That being would've said, been, it's would've been, would've been one less for the Rat King, right? And it, Rat King, oh, ding dong, Rat King. Um. That being said, it's also worth thinking about the mental health of like coaches and players. Now, now that's being brought to the forefront a lot these days. But it's it's so funny that someone can be like, oh, well, he's burnt out. And then think that other players' mental health is disingenuous, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, he's fine because he's, he's, t- he's, he's mentally exhausted. But that person has no excuse. Yeah, they can – they can fall ass backwards into a promotion while the players get booed and water ball, bottles thrown at them. Yeah, exactly. Or complaining um, about wanting any, wanting any rest. And I don't know if you had this man versus drama, but speaking of which, you, did you see uh, Oh, Naomi, what's her name? Oh, she's the Japanese tennis player, the highest female at paid athlete in the world. Uh, Naomi, Osaka? Yeah, Osaka, thank you. The the uh, the French Open or the whoever the conference of the major titles are in U- U.S. tennis or excuse me worldwide tennis. Um, what is that? The major are they called like the the major yes, officials? Have, yeah, Naomi Wasaki withdrew from a major. Uh, the French Open. The French Open in this one in this case. She was fined fifteen thousand dollars for not speaking to the media and then given a verbal warning like if you keep this up, uh, we're gonna kick you out of the French Open. And she was like, all right, whatever, I'm out. And she opens up about having suffering depression since her winning, no, her beating uh, Serena at the U.S. Open in 2018. This young woman gets forced into stardom and is like, holy smokes, I don't know anything about being a star. She's only, what, right. 23 years old? And yeah. she barely does any interviews. Of course, she does ones that are affiliated with her sponsors, so she's contractually obligated to fulfill those and then opts out of the media. And the, I just like can see the French reporters all sitting there just ripping cigs and be like, where is this person? Where is she? Find them. She's not bigger than the sport of tennis. And it's like, get out of here. Like, like Leblanc, he does not show up. I cannot pay my mortgage. Yeah, like what are you going to do? Like those interviews, it's coming to a point where like the athletes are like, we've had enough. We've had enough of this. Like Kyrie Irving, to link it back to Kyrie, did the same thing. It was like, I'm not talking to y'all. Well, I don't want to talk to y'all. It's terrible for me. I don't want to do it. Yeah, I wonder if it's like the beginning of something different. I mean, last year, obviously, like a lot of the players kind of got to, um, I'd say like they got to make the kind of Zoom interviews what they wanted them to be during the during the pandemic and the bubble. Oh, and good point, Yeah throughout the rest of the season. So they kind of could dictate what they wanted to do and say and what kind of questions they would get. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And now players back to the, back to the normal uh, media in the room, asking some good questions, but mostly bad questions just to kind of stir the pot. And they're kind of getting blasted back and maybe there's going to be a big change 
it's funny how one-sided it is. Like the media has all this access to the athletes, and then they have the ability to ask them whatever they want. And all the cameras are focused on the athletes being like, well, how are they going to react? And uh, and Naomi got all these questions about how her sister was playing poorly because her sister is also a professional tennis player and hasn't obviously made it up the ranks like Naomi has. But like, well, why is your sister playing bad? It's like, if someone like talked to me about my problems, but do not bring my family into this because I will freak out but instead i have to sit here and be like okay chocolate blue i'm so sorry my sisters are bad like i'm gonna i'm in my in my head my brain is shooting laser beams at that person yeah for sure they should be shown they should have to come off and you know kind of like kind of like at a um let's just say at a when somebody does a reading at a wedding or a funeral yes. they have to come up they have to come up and stand at a podium and say the questions and they're on tv too and, and that would probably intimidate them a little more they'd be like well, I was going to ask about your sister sucking, but I think I'll just ask what it's like to finish off a set right. and feel good about yourself. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to pivot to the, you know, a kinder question. So we've talked about in the show how, how uh, players should be able to fight one fan a year, maybe, or one, there should be one player versus fan match a week. Like in the instance of Russell Westbrook getting popcorn dumped on him. He'd be like, yeah. okay, I can fight that player, or excuse me, that that fan. Maybe we should be like, okay, any media member at any point in time throughout the course of a season or whatever it is has to fight the athlete. I don't, I'm not sure about Naomi's uh, case. She obviously probably doesn't want to do that, but Russell Westbrook would. He'd, be like, he'd fight a media member. Maybe Kyrie Irving would fight a media member. But all right, you, Bill from the Chronicle, stand up. We're duking it out right now. Could it be also big network talk shows? Yeah. Or it's just, the, just so Skip Bayless would be in a body cast by the end of the season. Yeah, I better choose your words right, wisely, bro. I like this. Um, what what else you got, or sh- or should we move on to the NBA playoffs? No, I've got uh, a couple other ones. Churchill Downs, they suspended. Yes, two, I saw this. Two, two years for putting the illegal substances on his on his horse. So that's kind of that's that's a little that's that's a pretty good little thump in there. Take take away the Kentucky Derby from Bob Baffert for two years. Dang, I like it. Churchill Down says no, no, no. So that was the, he just got the cream, right? The horse did just got some of the cream. Yeah, the cream. And I don't know how long it stays in your system, but I'm not sure how back to back those tests were, or can you like sit out? You know, the horse can stay dormant long enough where it's like it'll run it run us through its systems. The, the steroid, that is, but, you know, follow-up test confirmed. Sorry, Bob. Busted. I'm going to piss out that substance like a racehorse. Yeah, usually you can do that. Look at all these quads we've been talking about. Maybe that's what it is. Ooh, horse quads? I like it. Yeah, the, uh, they're getting uh, horse quad one. steroids. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the NFL quarterbacks are taking. Yeah, they're not testing it for it yet. This will hit home. This one's uh, minor, the minor league A's baseball players. Did you see this? You hear about this? No. Oh, man. They were getting served awful food, basically white bread with a piece of cheese and a piece of lettuce, and they tweeted pictures of it, and the A's president stepped up and said, that's embarrassing, cannot be serving them that kind of food. You know, you hear about all the depression and sadness that happens in the minor league baseball player's career, but, yeah, they're feeding them junk, like like lower than cafeteria food. Look, It looks like something you just dumpster dove and you found some pieces that were thrown out behind Whole Foods and put them together and gave them to a baseball player as a meal. 
Yeah, the GM and all the assistant coaches of that of that uh, baseball team was like, "All right, empty out your pockets, boys. Credit card just bounced. Let's uh, let's see what we can get these guys." And it was like, "We can get three heads of lettuce and a block of cheese and some white bread." Like, all right, get in there, go to the Ingles and uh, give me that. I mean, at least yeah, at least getting the the two dollar two dollar ninety nine cent sandwiches from the gas stations. You know, those things are. Those things are at least put together. They taste okay. Yeah. I mean, even the hot dogs and the spinels, if they've been sitting there all day, it's just, you know, a nice well-done hot dog. That sounds better than the white bread sandwiches with no meat that I just heard about. 100%. What, um, so where, where are we at? Are we, um, are we, oh, you know what we need to do? We need to update the over under for the bison gorings. Because we know that we keep it loose on this show, and a bear attack's kind of fallen in the bison goring category. But right on cue on last Friday, a man was hiking around solo and got mauled by a bear. Whew. And let me bring it up. Sorry, my allergies are getting me. I'm getting that scratchy throat from the cottonwood. Looks like it's snowing out there. The cottonwood is just absurd right now. It's only going to get worse. But on Friday, May 28th, a male uh, age 39 sustained injuries from a bear while hiking in the Beaver Ponds Trail at Mammoth Hot Springs. The male was hiking alone when he countered what he believed to be two grizzly bears and sustained significant injuries to his lower extremities but was able to hike out on his own. And he was transferred to the hospital via ambulance. If the bear draws blood, we had an incident last year where a woman got pushed over by a bear and scratched her leg. This sounds like the bear drew blood you're not going to get a full point because it's not a bison, but we got to no. we got to give the over under a little juice, you know, just get the people people going. It's what the fractional points are meant for moments yeah. like these. Moments. Um, the last incident was in June 2020. This is the one I was referring to when a grizzly bear knocked a woman to the ground and scratched her thigh. I'm I want to say point two five, but because of the significant injuries part of this story. I think I'm going to bump it up to a point four five. I like that. And and the fact that it was a two-on-one, wasn't it? Yeah. Two, well, bears. two bears, one guy, one bear, quote, made contact, which, yikes. Got to bring your bells. The um, And I don't know, like, people think this is an ongoing joke, but there is a new Instagram account, which is blowing up right now. And I'm, I'm not trying to gas anybody's Instagram account, but Torons of Yellowstone if you follow that if you follow that account, you would wonder why our number is so low. You'd think it'd be a thousand. The over under would be one thousand. Look at the footage coming out of that freaking Instagram account, and people are risking their lives every single day for a selfie shot. The bubble's about to burst. I think we might have a flood this year. I think I've got, I think the under is is not the way you want to go out. The over. I think it's going to hit. I'm going to bet the over this year for sure. There you go. There you go. Switch it up. So let me let me go ahead and put that in my notes before before I get plus. What do we have? Four five. Four oh. five. All right. Make sure that carries on next to next week. Um, and let's talk. Let's talk some NBA playoffs. How are the Mavs doing? We're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, at the moment, Luca went off in the at the end of the third. Mavs are up by fourteen going into the fourth. Uh, Luca on his way to a triple double at 40 points, shooting the lights out, 16 of 21. 
All right, all right, all right, Mavs. Let's see what you got. Maybe you can make the Clippers organization fall apart. Uh, in the East, the Bucks are going to host the Nets, the 76ers versus the Hawks. Um, I think the Bucks-Nets is the most intriguing part of this, uh, the Eastern Conference right now because they embarrassed the I – I even forgot who they played because it is the NBA first round – but Celtics. who do they – they embarrassed the Celtics. What, a 4-0 sweep, gentlemen, sweep? 4-0. Uh, Celtics won one game, but the Bucs swept Miami, the Eastern Conference uh, reigning champions. Oh, I mean uh, – that's right. I'm sorry. Net, say, that, say that so the people can make sense of it. The, the, the Nets swept – no. The Nets, the, the Nets won in five against the Celtics. 3-1, Thank you. 4-1. And then the – Bucks swept Miami, who is the reigning Eastern Conference champions who lost the Lakers last year. Uh, they swept them 4-0. But yeah, this next round, uh, looking forward to this matchup. This one should be good. I Hopefully think the other side Embiid will be available, but definitely this one, even with even with Embiid involved with the Sixers, I think this one is a much sexier matchup um, of two teams. And then there's, I think the, the Jazz look like they're on their way to taking down John Morant and the Grizz tonight. Speaking of Grizz, and then the rest of the world still up for grabs. I do like the idea that uh, Holiday is the difference for the Bucks. We thought yeah, it was Holiday or Bledsoe. I'm switching. It's it's getting late. I'm switching all these names up in my head. But the Bucks seem not to be relying on Chris Middleton so much, right? And, and yeah, now and now have a third. Bit of Bledsoe. Thank you, Holiday Bledsoe. Drew Holiday plays for the Pelicans. I'm. He did. Yeah, what did I miss something? Drew Holiday, who played for the Pelicans, got traded to the Bucks and has been the difference maker. The difference between him and Eric Bledsoe of old. Thank you. Is massive. It's like it's showing up big time in this first round, where usually the <clears throat> the Bucks would have struggled. To get out of the first round, probably won a game in six or seven, or sorry, won a series in six or seven. They won, they swept Miami, just dominating pretty much every game. Not even none of the games were even that close. The um, sorry, we're getting hacked. We're getting hacked by our by our news team again. My favorite, my favorite is storyline of them all is though L.A. getting out in the first round in the West. I mean, hopefully both teams. I lost you. What? I said, hopefully both teams. It looks like, I mean, it's funny because, you know, obviously this, this third quarter Luca had, I was feeling pretty sad. The Clippers were the team that was going to lose and go down in the first round. The Lakers had the car keys, the pedal to the metal against the Suns and the tables have turned. And now both LA teams knock on wood looking like they're on the ropes. All right. Well, let's go to our last. That's good. Well, let's let's go to our last last two segments. Um, old AF and Friday's headlines. I'll let it kick it to you. What is your old AF moment? So I went to Colonial. Now the Charles Schwab Challenge uh, forward tournament, and got to see a nice little matchup between the guy I'd never heard of, Kokrak, beat out Speed. Speed put it in the water on eighteen, but it was a hell. It was a hell of an effort. Uh, watching myself, watching people watching, wandering around the tournament seeing all these old frat dogs from the past wheeling around strollers 
just just a great time. People you knew, people you drank beers with, funneled beers with, and did other things. Um, other things. Being dads. Being da- other things, you can leave that up to your imagination. Yeah, but yeah sure. Just being, just being dads. Just dadding around. So all your old all your uh, old frat bro buddies are, are pushing around strollers looking at you like you're the weirdo. Yeah, old AS. I am the weirdo. How old are you, son? The uh, my moment was I I found out that a four star Texas running back opts out of his senior year in high school. His name's Jaden Blue. Said the wear and tear on his body. He's going to opt out of his senior year and enroll in Texas in January. A lot of people are doing that these days. That that is enrolling early into their college of that gave them a scholarship. Jaden Blue said, "No senior year for me, thanks." I'm going to college healthy. That's pretty wild. You mustn't have the quads for it. He also, it's, it's funny. Like your senior year in sports, I'm also assuming when you're that good, your, your team is competitive as well. You like, look at your buddy and you're like, dude, let's go do this. Some of us, this is it. You know, like this is, this is the the last level of sports I'm ever going to play. Let's do this. Let's give this one last shot. And the kid is, I don't know if he's misguided or if it's a, or if it's a bad thing at all, you know, I, I'm not, it's, that's up for debate and I'm not willing to engage in that debate, but it is, there is something to say about your senior year in high school and saying, this is my, like, that's something that everyone's had and looks finally back upon unless you lost games, of course. But, um, it just seems strange to me. Like we're, we're not going to have that staple of our life our senior year yeah. sport career. Yeah. And you got the guys like, yeah, you got the guys that are not on this kid's level who this is, this is all, all they have to look forward to. And then it's just babies and memories after that. They're going to be driving, driving trucks, be Walmart greeters for the rest of their lives. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a bummer for them not to be able to kind of hitch their wagon to that badass superstar talent they have on their team for their senior year and make a run at state. Right. Does that sound selfish to me? Because I was that role player. Granted, no one opted out of their senior year and the, the team that I was on. But I was like, come on, guys, you got to do this. And, you know, I'm sitting over here just wondering if I could have some fond memories that maybe y'all were an integral part of. I can tell my kids. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was on a championship team. Um, what's your Friday headline? They're like, no, nah, I'm asking. I'm going to go play for Coach K. D- don't you dare. Don't you I'm dare sitting out. My Friday headline, uh, I'm going to pivot with I feel like the the house money is on Julio going to the Seahawks. I'm gonna say Julio is traded the Titans by the end of day Friday. Really? He's gonna play he's gonna he's gonna um link up with Morgan Cox, kinda like the big three in Miami with LeBron and D Wade. Sure. I can see that. Morgan Cox should give him a, give Julio a text. Um I this seems so inevitable in in Atlanta, right? This doesn't seem like Julio's gonna play day one in Atlanta. This is just a, a shopping spree. Yeah. So it, it's, it's definitely shopping time. Like I'd see, I'd say Aaron Rodgers has a very, you know, I'd say 70 plus percent chance. He's in a package uniform day, day one. Uh, when it, when we get in August, but I, Julio it would be the hugest upset in trade market history. If Julio's still wearing a Falcons uniform this summer, that'd be silly of the Falcons to keep in my opinion. I think they're, I think they want him just because they don't want to be embarrassed by Julio going to a different team and being good. But that locker room seems stale. Julio's been patient this long, and it just seems like 
it's now or never when it comes to the Atlanta franchise. My Friday headline, the NCAA players will unionize. Ooh. There it is. That's my new thing. They're going to form a union. There's there's already Im, uh, image and likeness clauses out there that conferences are allowing their players to make, meaning they can make money off their image and likeness. We're going to go a step further, and they're going to unionize and be able to, oh, I don't know, do whatever unions do, use their muscle, get some guys to make things happen. And would this be collective amongst all sports, or is it you talking about uh, football specifically? I think we would probably start with football because that if you if you get, didn't give the country college football, we might implode, we might collapse as a society. So I think the the football players will lead the way, which will allow the doors to be broken down with all the other athletes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's good. You guys say it six more times. <laughs> uh, also, it's worth mentioning we are running out of time. If anybody forgot, the FCS football uh, season was going on. Sam Houston ended up winning the FCS championship uh, in a with a touchdown late against North Dakota State to win twenty three twenty one with sixteen seconds left. Congratulations, Sam Houston! Yeah, but but the headlines are going to say what if Trey Lance had played? Well, he got drafted. He was busy. You know, he was he was busy doing his thing, and Sam Sam Houston sounds like it's in Texas. The, yeah, Sam Houston's in Texas, and that was is actually it in Houston, uh, Texas, South Dakota State. So Sam Houston, they they deserve this one. Did I, I I said South Dakota State or I said North Dakota State? They said North, and I got I got the Dakotas confused, and which which one Trey Lance played for? Okay, well both was- both are bad. Oh, well, and then uh, one last thing uh, talking hockey. We're down in the Elite Eight. We got Tampa Bay playing Carolina, the New York Islanders playing Boston. We got Colorado playing the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and Montreal, Winnipeg. We have a full on Canadian on Canadian bout going. The last Canadian team. Let's keep that. That's an old, another OAF that we got to, you know, make sure we plug this, this stat every NHL playoff season. Yes. Last time a Canadian team won it all, 1993 Montreal Canadiens. So they're still in it. They're trying to relive those 93 days. And so am I. Last thing, the being a Leaf fan is – I was I was uh, hearing about some of the Leaf fan reactions on Twitter, and the, <laughs> some of them were hilarious because they always seem to be good, but they haven't – they won like five championships in six years or whatever it was, seven years a while ago, like 30 years ago. And some of the tweets coming out of their fandom was like, I am smoking cigs on my back porch and have been for a while trying to explain to my dog through my tears why it, what it means to be a Leafs fan. <laughs> Just like I mean, wondering if the sun is going to actually come up tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been there, bro. I know what you mean. I say, I say our generation of, of uh, New England Patriots fans need to take a note from that and see, see what the mirror or see what the, uh, see what the magic magic ball has in store for them in 30 years. Yeah. Explain what it was like. Duke, the same way. Duke fans, congratulations. You're going to have stressful moments at a bar when someone's heckling you and there's nothing you can do about it because you're losing (laughs) by 20 points the number 16 seed. Just wait for that to happen. Oh, wait. Sports fans. We're Teton Sports Talk here in 89.1 KHL. That is it, and that is all.